You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, January 21st, 2022. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. And thank you for making this show your first listen every day. Today we're going to continue our look at Jets players with expiring contracts. We're going to talk about players who play in the trenches and figure out where they fit into the future of the franchise, if they do at all. Yesterday we looked at skill position players. Today we're going to look at players who play on the lines. And we're going to begin on the offensive line, because there are a couple of key players who are about to hit free agency for the Jets. Guys who were added pretty late in the process. And one of them received an award from me last week when I gave out my end-of-season awards, and that's Morgan Moses, who I named the free agent signing of the year for the Jets. Moses ended up being an important signing, I think, for this team, at least as important as you can be for a team that wins four games. The Jets got him late in the offseason. They were kind of prepared... Moses was a late cut last offseason. There were not a lot of teams that had a lot of cap space to begin with. The Jets were one of them. And then you get late into the offseason, and teams have already spent their money in free agency in the draft, and the Jets were able to get him on a bargain deal. And Moses began the season as a backup, but he soon entered the starting lineup. In fact, it was week one when Mekhi Becton suffered what turned out to be a season-ending injury in the third quarter of the loss to the Carolina Panthers. George Fant slid over to left tackle, and Moses took the right tackle job, a job where he played pretty well for the most part during the season. And as much as anything, what Moses gave them was durability. Moses is a guy who's been very durable since he entered the NFL, played a number of years with Washington before catching on with the Jets this past season. And to me in the NFL these days, you need three starting tackles for the reason we saw this year with the Jets. You know, the offensive line's been a big issue with the Jets through recent seasons. It was not a big problem this year. They had some bad games, but I think the offensive line has improved quite a bit since Joe Douglas took over. And a move like signing Morgan Moses this offseason really helped to stabilize things. Now, if you look at the projections, Pro Football Focus, Spot Track, a couple websites that do projections, there seems to be consensus with Morgan Moses. You know, yesterday, I bet you Jamison Crowder. And those two websites offered wildly different projections. SpotTrack had Crowder getting a four-year deal worth more than $12 million a year, while Pro Football Focus has him getting a one-year, $4 million contract. With Moses, it seems like the consensus is he's probably going to get a deal around $7 million. I think he's well worth the money, but I think the Jets have a problem here. And as I said yesterday with Braxton Berrios, I think the Jets have an issue. The issue is a little bit different, but... The problem is that they cannot guarantee Morgan Moses a a starting job the way other teams are going to be able to, because offensive line play is difficult to find in this league. And a guy like Morgan Moses hitting the market is going to be in a better position than he was a year ago when he got cut late, when there were not many teams that had the cap space to sign him. This year, he's going to hit free agency at the beginning when everybody's got cap space. And it's a year where the cap's going to go up. There are going to be lots of teams that are going to be bidding on him. And the Jets might be able to give him what he wants financially, but I'm sure he's going to want a starting job. And the Jets can't guarantee it. And even if if the Jets say, you're going to be our starting tackle, 
he's got to look at this situation and say, you know, you really can't promise me that because you have Becton coming back, at least we presume, and you have George Fant who played really well. So probably what's going to happen is Becton returns to left tackle, Fant returns to right tackle, and there's not really a spot for Moses. So I would love to see the Jets keep Morgan Moses because he's a quality player. I think you need three starting tackles in this league. And especially with Becton, coming off a season where he barely played, you want somebody with durability. And that's what Moses brings to the table. And he's a good player, good run blocker, solid pass protector, guy who's pretty all-around solid. I'd love to see him back. I just don't see how it happens because he's going to have plenty of offers out there. And even if the Jets can match it financially... There are going to be teams that can promise him a starting job, and the Jets are just not in a position to make that happen. So I hope it I hope it happens. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm very pessimistic about the Jets' chances of re-signing Morgan Moses. Should they be interested? Absolutely. But if you look at the way things are lining up, tough to feel good. Now, there's another starting offensive lineman about to hit free agency for the Jets, and that's Loren Duvernay-Tardif, who they acquired from the Kansas City Chiefs right around the trade deadline for Daniel Brown, who the Chiefs proceeded to cut and then return to the Jets. So, I mean, how's that for a trade? The guy you trade gets cut by his new team and ends up coming back to the Jets. Now, it seems like the Chiefs were kind of doing Duvernay-Tardif a favor because he had opted out of the 2020 season. An amazing story, if you're not familiar with it. He's actually a medical doctor, and he decided to go help with the pandemic. So he opted out of the 2020 season to help as a medical professional and came back this past season, suffered an injury in training camp, it was not a, a starting player, and he kind of made it clear he wanted to get playing time. So the Chiefs were able to accommodate him, and they sent him to the Jets, who were obviously having issues at right guard with Greg Van Roten. And shortly after the trade, Duvernay-Tardif stepped into the lineup. Now he left the game against the Eagles with an injury, but essentially was the starting right guard from the game against Miami in November forward, aside from the time he missed in that Eagles game. But aside from that, he played 100% of the snaps in every other game he played. And was frankly up and down, and I thought there were issues in pass protection, but of course there are mitigating factors. I mean, it was close to two full calendar years since the last time he had set foot on the field. Prior to playing with the Jets, the last time he was on the field for a real game was the Super Bowl when the Chiefs beat the 49ers. Beat, he, when the Chiefs beat a number of coaches on the Jets coaching staff who were, who were coaching for San Francisco that day. So how much of it was rust? He was a decent player. It's not like he was an all-pro guard in his Kansas City days, but he was a decent enough player. What did the Jets do with him? Well, I could see wanting to bring him back because even though his play, I thought, was kind of uneven, I'm not sure I'd trust him as, as the starting right guard in 2022, but he certainly was an upgrade over Greg Van Roten and could be a decent depth player. But I do feel like right guard's a position the Jets are going to want to upgrade this offseason. And you look at the situation again, Duvernay Tardif, the reason he was traded to the Jets was he wanted to, he wanted to start. And is he going to take the job? Again, this is kind of similar to Morgan Moses in a way. I don't think it's entirely similar, though, because after missing a year and coming and playing with the Jets and being just kind of okay... I'm not sure he's necessarily going to be guaranteed a starting job. I think it's possible, again, across the NFL, teams are having difficulty finding quality offensive linemen, so I can't rule out the idea that he's going to get a starting job. And again, based on what happened with Kansas City, it kind of seems like playing time is the most important thing to him. So 
if you're the Jets, I, I don't see how you can guarantee him a starting job. I feel like you could tell him, we'll give you a fair chance to compete and be clear that, you know, we're going to try and make this line as good as possible. Maybe we draft somebody early. You know, we have four top 40 picks. We can't promise you we're not going to draft somebody early who may be competing with you for a job. I feel like he'd be a good insurance policy because he certainly, I think, did upgrade the offensive line over Greg Van Roten when he took over for Van Roten. I don't think the Jets should just guarantee him a starting job, though. I think this offensive line, even though it's vastly improved over what Joe Douglas inherited when he took the job in 2019, it's not a finished product. It's getting there. If he'd be willing to come back, and again, I don't think he's going to cost much money. I mean, again, he's barely played the last two years, and when he did play for the Jets, he was kind of up and down. If he's willing to take that kind of role, and I think maybe, you know, given the circumstances, he might have to. And if he's willing to do it, I'd look to bring him back because this is probably not a guy who's going to cost you all that much money given everything that's going on. But I wonder whether he's going to look for somewhere where he's going to have the opportunity to play. Because again, if that was not his motivation, he would not have he would not have been a member of the Jets to begin with. So like Morgan Moses, I could see wanting him back. I'm not sure he's necessarily in the same ballpark as what the Jets want right now, though. So that's going to be a little tricky, I think. Now ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll continue our discussion of Jets free agents-to-be who play in the trenches. Some of these guys have more upside than others. And if you buy gas, there's an amazing app I want to tell you about, which is called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. You'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars or $300 a month in cash back. And there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's promo code TOUCHDOWN using the free GetUpside app. And also know that BetOnline would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march through the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. With a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website, sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to get underway. Again, it's promo code LOCKEDON, it's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Beyond football to basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. And I have a big announcement. The Peacock and Williamson NFL Show podcast is going on the road to LA for Super Week. Follow the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show today to get the most comprehensive coverage of the big game. It's free and available on all platforms. And on today's episode of Locked On Jets, we're continuing our look at Jets free agents to be talking about players who are in the trenches. In the first segment, I talked about a couple of starting offensive linemen. Now we're going to talk about a couple of guys who are role players for this team who play in the trenches. And we're going to move to the defensive side of the ball and talk about Foley Fatukasi, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And 
If you're a longtime listener of this show, you know how I feel about Foley Fatakasi, and admittedly, he did not have that good of a season. This was not the guy who was dominant the way he was, and I, I think it's fair to say he was dominant in 2020 and in 2019. He was a 2018 late-round pick out of UConn, a rare Mike McCagnan draft story, much less a rare Mike McCagnan day three draft story, but he developed into a really good nose tackle. In fact, he I could think you could argue he was one of the best run-stopping nose tackles in the league. Now, he's, a, he's like a traditional two-down guy, and obviously it's a passing league, and the two-down linemen are not in style the way they were in the past, but listen, there's always going to be a spot for a defensive lineman who can tie up blocks, who can play the run effectively. And that's what Foley Fatakasi did for two years. Did not do it so well in 2021. And is it an issue where maybe he's not a great fit for the scheme? I don't know about that. I mean, I think a guy like this, you can find a role for him in any scheme. In fact, the defense was so bad for the Jets this year, I almost, and maybe this isn't fair, I almost give Foley Fatakasi a pass. But, I mean, here's the thing about Foley Fatakasi. Not just a late-round pick, not just a good homegrown player, but a guy who really developed into a leader on this team. He was a guy who Steve McClendon took under his wing, and we know McClendon, if you're a Jets fan for any period of time, you know McClendon developed into a great leader in this locker room after the Jets signed him from Pittsburgh in 2016. Fatakasi kind of took that leadership role. He was voted a team captain this year. Again, homegrown talent, maybe not coming off the best season, but a guy who's been a very solid player on the defensive line. To me, this is the kind of guy you keep. And I think the phrase sending a message to the locker room can be overdone. But to me, if you're not keeping this guy, what are you doing? Don't you want to show that if you work hard and develop yourself into a player, that you're going to be rewarded, that you're going to get a payday? If this guy is not getting a a second contract from this team, what are we doing? I mean, I'm sorry. And I know I probably should not go this crazy about a guy like Foley Fatakasi, who, first of all, is not having a great year, but second of all, playing a role that I frequently myself say isn't that important. But I just look at all of this, and, I mean, listen, if you have to prioritize, I'd let Sheldon Rankins go. I talked about him. Jets would save some money letting Sheldon Rankins go. They did that. But, you know, there were two guys. I mentioned this in an earlier season show, and I, listen, this show has not aged that well, because after the first guy got paid, he kind of disappeared aside from the Houston game. But I remember saying in a show a few months back, Foley Fatakasi, John Franklin Myers, these are two guys you want to take care of. I hope the Jets do. It's not, listen, I guess it's not the end of the world if they let him go. It's, I mean, the team will find a way to continue. But maybe I'm just being too emotional, because I like to see a homegrown Jet, a rare late-round success story, get rewarded, but I really want to see Foley Fatakasi stay. I don't think it's going to cost much money to keep him. Again, he's really a run-stopper in a passing league. Guys like this tend to not make much money. Leader in the locker room, I want to see him stay. Unless we get crazy with the money, I think he should stay. Now, another guy I'm going to mention, and you may argue this guy should have been on the skill show because he's a tight end, Tyler Croft, who's about to be a free agent. And this may surprise you. I would almost keep him kind of as insurance Maybe he was miscast as the top tight end on the team. If he's your number two, number three tight end, he's not awful. And listen, the Jets need to upgrade the tight end position. I am by no means arguing with what the Jets had at tight end in 2021 was acceptable. But having Croft around, you know, he's a good blocker for the most part. And he's a functional pass catcher. Listen, he's not a guy you're going to build your passing game through. But he's a little bit better than just like throwing a third tackle out there. 
And if he's going to be like the second or hopefully the third tight end, you can do worse than that. And listen, I'm not going to go crazy defending Tyler Croft. I can already read the emails. Why do you want Tyler Croft back? I feel nowhere near as passionate about Tyler Croft as I did Foley Fatukasi, what I just said about him. He's not an awful player. I think maybe the Jets exposed him a little bit too much this year as the number one tight end. And I've kind of gone back and forth. I mean, there were points where I said he's okay as a st- starting tight end. I've said Then I've said, well, maybe he should be a number two guy. I, I feel pretty strongly now that he should be a number two, number three tight end. But as a depth player, I don't think he's bad. I think he was probably just overexposed. Occasionally, he'll add a nice reception, and he can block a little bit. So surprisingly, and I'm even kind of surprising myself by saying this, you know, I was thinking through this at the beginning of the day, and as I was about to record this, I kind of changed my mind. I was going to say let him go, but he's not going to cost much money. And he's not an awful baseline to have. Now, you got to continue to look to upgrade a tight end. If Tyler Croft is the starting tight end for the Jets next season, then they've had a bad offseason at the position. But I don't actually have a big problem with him returning. Now ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll close out the show. I'll talk about some depth players in the trenches who are about to hit free agency for the Jets. And speaking of depth, there's no protein bar that has more of it than Built Bar. There are so many delicious flavors to choose from. You got coconut almond, you got peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, and mint brownie. And there are many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. And these bars are delicious. I mean, these are protein bars, but they do not taste like protein bars. They taste like candy bars. Can't tell you how good they are. And which flavor is your favorite? You'll have to figure that out for yourself. But Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And most of them contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Just compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. This is the kind of protein bar that makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolution. And go to Built.com. If you do that and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built. B-U-I-L-T dot com. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Friday, talking about Jets free agents to be who play in the trenches. Now let's talk about Kyle Phillips who was so good in his rookie season of 2019. This was a guy who, as an undrafted free agent, made the team over a third-round pick, Ja'Kai Polite, and then put together a season where he had seven tackles for a loss. And then 2020 came along, and like many players, he kind of had a lost season. He suffered a serious injury. Came back in 2021, only played seven games, made a few plays here or there, but really was not that much of a factor. He's going to be a restricted free agent after three years in the NFL. I see no problem bringing him back. He's probably not going to cost that much money on a one-year contract. So I have no problem bringing him back. The Jets like to rotate defensive line. And this is a guy who's flashed some degree of ability in the past. I don't have a big problem if they let him go, but I think you could do worse than Kyle Phillips. I, that 2019 performance, even in a different scheme, kind of sticks out in my mind. And when we're talking about guys who are really backup level players, I mean, that's probably better than anything else you can get. So my vote would be to keep Kyle Phillips. Next guy we'll talk about is Dan Feeney, who the Jets signed this past offseason as offensive line depth. And I have to admit, when he got into the lineup, he was actually better than I expected him to be. He was one of the worst starting offensive linemen in the NFL with the Chargers. 
I don't think Feeney should be brought back and guaranteed a starting job. I think the Jets overpaid him this last offseason. And one of my issues with the Jets through the years is that they too frequently bring in guys who have not been successful in other places. And I really think on the offensive line, you want a steady stream of young guys you're trying to develop because it's so hard to find good offensive linemen in the NFL. And it's difficult to find quality backups unless you're developing them, unless you're trying to get young players to develop. Because anybody who's good is already re-signed with their team for the most part. I think Feeney's play has been good enough this past year to justify bringing him back, as long as we're not talking any guarantees. I mean, this is not a guy I was stretched to keep. If he wants anything more than the league minimum this time, I'd say no. But I can live with him back in training camp, competing for a spot against maybe some younger players. And you hope, this is the kind of guy you hope younger players knock him off the roster. If they don't, I guess you can live with him as a depth player, but I don't have a. I'm surprised that he played effectively enough when he got his opportunity that I'm actually okay with bringing him back, at least giving him an opportunity to make the roster again. As long as there's no guaranteed money, as long as he's not guaranteed a spot on the roster, I'm fine with him coming back and competing. And the last guy is Nathan Shepard, who this year kind of became synonymous with the dumb play, whether it was a dumb penalty, whether it was blowing his assignments. Occasionally he makes plays. I mean, he actually. We were just talking about him executing his assignment, winning his matchups. I think does a decent job of it, but it's just so susceptible to the dumb penalty. I mean, unbelievable how many times he was in the middle of something the Jets just can't have on defense. I think, like most people, I'm ready for him to go. I mean, I don't see any real reason to bring him back. Shepard's an interesting trivia question, because he was the guy the Jets drafted in 2018 immediately after Sam Darnold. He was a small school prospect. Pretty amazing st- story how he got to the NFL out of a small school, you know, kind of bounced around, was out of football for a stretch, got got himself into college and got himself to the NFL with a strong senior bowl performance. But the Jets did, just did not find a steal. I think they were hoping they found a steal in the third round when they took him in 2018. I think they were hoping that, you know, this was a guy who kind of flew under the radar, who's going to blossom into a great player. And he never really became more than a rotational defensive lineman. And just off the season he had, I mean, I feel like the Jets can do better than him. So I think Nathan Shepard's a pretty easy guy to let walk out that door. That's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the playoff action. And we'll be back on Monday.